coming to you guys a couple days after we were sight on scene in Gillette Stadium. Awesome game between the Packers and Pats. Do you have an apology to issue to Alabama? We'll see what he says. It's between the hashes. Let's kick it off. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Liftoff. Welcome back, everybody. Between the Hashes, episode 11, I think. We're up into the double digits now. Um, welcome back. Thanks for, for stopping by and chatting with us again today. Uh, James, CJ, here what we up? are again. What up? Did you guys, uh, you were able to catch up on some sleep now after Sunday night? I'm still dead. <laughs> I, I, I was useless today, boy. I finally gained my voice back, and it's still a little patchy up there. Yeah, I got, I got the frog in the throat. <laughs> a lot of screaming. Mm-hmm. Um, it was awesome. Packers so Patriots, fun, Gillette yeah. Stadium. Uh, other than the Packers getting their faces kicked in in the fourth quarter, um, it was fun. Environment was great. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit. We'll talk all about um, our experience there and tailgating and being together in the stadium. Um, all kinds of good stuff. But we had one big game in college football last week. My man to my right, James, said that Alabama was overrated, had not been tested so far this year. Alabama comes into Death Valley, beats the piss out of the LSU Tigers, 29-0. Tua states his case as the Heisman Trophy favorite again. Um, so I'm going to kick to you. Do you have anything you'd like to say to the Crimson Tide? Hold on, i got to get ready. i got to get up, and up close for this one. i got to get filming this. this? No, no, no filming. <laughs> just... um, yeah, so uh, to all of the Crimson, the Alabama, the, the – <laughs> Down south, I wholeheartedly, completely apologize. <laughs> Did not think that was going to go down like that. They walked into LSU, got some nice Louisiana food, and then walked right out like it was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that was an absolute bloodbath. Uh, I did not think Tua was going to be able to have his way with the LSU defense, and it didn't even seem like LSU showed up. Uh, actually, this is funny too. I didn't think anybody could actually get more red than Coach uh, Coach Brian. Oh, Kelly. that was good. And Coach O, Coach o was furious. Yeah, he was up there. It was same similar level. Um, yeah, Alabama came in, did what they wanted, needed to do what they twenty nine to nothing. That was a stomping. And I, at the side of things, LSU was awful. They could not do anything on offense. They couldn't stop the run on defense. Tua got crushed and came right back out so i completely take back he's definitely the best uh quarterback in college football you know what's crazy about alabama and we hadn't seen too much of them yet and i think part of that is like you said they hadn't been tested yet so you know they're playing the the scrubs at the bottom of the college football barrel so we hadn't seen them too much, but when you think of Alabama, you think ground and pound, right? You think Derrick Henry, you think Eddie Lacy, you think Mark Ingram are just going to come and roll over you, mm-hmm. and they throw the ball all over the yard. Yep. It's something different now, and it's weird. These aren't your daddy's Crimson Tide. No. Saban's adapting. Who knew? I didn't think that was possible. But yeah. even even if they, they could have handed the ball off and done typical Alabama football, both their running backs that they have back there are studs. They just 
don't use them. They create running backs at Alabama. Like they build them in the factory. Just clone them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I thought there, we talk a lot about Michigan's defense and how good they look. I thought Alabama's defense looked really, really good uh, the other night as well. And, and LSU is no pushover. They're the number three team in the country. They're at home. Uh, and Bama just rolled right through them. I don't think anybody expected that. No, 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 no. And just looking at the stat sheet, man, Bama outgained LSU three times. They had nearly 600 total yards of offense. LSU barely got 200. They didn't even get 200. That's crazy. It's just insane. I, I mean, I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Bama is the 33rd NFL team. They're that good. They're, they're just dominant. They've, I mean, they're going to run house from top to, top to bottom throughout the entire season. They will be the number one overall overall seed. They just, I, I, I hate it. I, I hate it. They're the Patriots I, of college football. Yes, and I hated that I had a root from Bama for my interest as a Michigan fan. God, man, that just just dominance, utter dominance. I'm not sure I've ever seen somebody so conflicted watching a football game. <laughs> <laughs> it was so conflicted. No, the fair. entire day, whatever <laughs> college game was on, had any implication on Michigan, and he was just going against who he hated to push along his Wolverines, and he was not having fun. Oh, I love it. Somebody scored. No, it was miserable. It, was, it sucked. I hated it. Sports aren't fun unless they suck. Very true. Very true. To take the go to bed. So, so now after that win, we've got Alabama, we've got Georgia for the SEC championship game yes. a couple weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Does, I, this might sound crazy, but does Georgia have a chance? No. I wouldn't discount them out just yet. I would still pick Bama, but I would. I think Georgia has a fighting chance. I mean, every Fromm dog has a day. From looked good in the championship game against that Alabama defense, and, but I just. I don't see it. Tua Magic came in and took that game over. Georgia had it yeah. until uh, it, it Tua hurts. If yeah. hurts stay, if hurts doesn't get benched, Georgia's going to be a national champ. Right. So, I mean, the Tua the Tua show is just I know I just don't see it this real. year. I don't see it this year. I've never I, I I in my recent memory I cannot recall someone who has been anointed the Heisman winning the Heisman winner throughout the entire season and it's just it hasn't changed. Tua, hands down, will win the Heisman. I, I'll I'll bet both of my testicles on that one. I, I have utter confidence. No, I, that's it. Tua Heisman. He's incredible. He's talented. He's awesome, man. He's he's most likely going to be the first overall pick in a couple of years, too. Um, be the, hey, in fun fact, he would be the first quarterback that's right. under Nick Saban to be drafted in the first round. Every single position, they've got a first rounder in the NFL except quarterback. And you got to think Tua is heading in that direction, the way he's played, both in that championship game and uh, and so far this season, where he's just been completely dominant. Um, Michigan, another big game for them. Dominated Penn State. Yeah, did not think they were going to win. Revenge tour, baby. Wasn't even a contest. Um, go ahead. I'll give you the floor. Um, you know what? I'm just I'm trying to stay modest. I, I don't. Every time I get high on Michigan, they always come and. Swipe me below the knees, and that's it. On to Ohio State. I know they're a few weeks away, but we got Rutgers, Indiana coming up next couple weeks. Those are not really concerning to me. I'm focused on Ohio State. Onwards and upwards, this defense, man, once again. 
Uh, for some reason, uh, it seems like so. I didn't think I didn't think anybody could have a worse game than Hornybrook. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brian Lewerke comes in, and he has a worse game than Hornybrook. And McSorley didn't have a terrible game, but considering what his numbers were previous to this game, Michigan just owned him. Mm-hmm. That defense, like I, I said it to you guys, they what makes them so good is they play with the speed of like an SCC defense. And the Big Ten isn't known for their speed, you know, it's more ground and pound, you know, just physicality. But Devin Bush, um, Winovich, Rashawn Gary's back. That secondary, I, I mean, from top to bottom, I've, I, I've never seen a more complete defense out of a Michigan team, and they, it's just incredible, man. Speed kills. Since the second half of the Notre Dame game, Notre Dame's, I mean, Michigan's defense has been on fire. Yeah. Absolutely on fire. They let up once. They, they, they not took up, up once. one half of a game in week one to wake up, and then they just been on fire since then. So you can even argue the first half against Northwestern where they were down 17 nothing, would probably be their biggest slip. But even still, they held Northwestern to zero points in the second half. Right. So, I mean, this it's just dominance. In fact, if, if Michigan does play Bama in the playoffs, I would love to see that matchup. Tua versus this Michigan defense. That'd be awesome. A matchup for the ages. It would be. At this point, it's you guys have the best shot to take Alabama down. Best shot, but that remember, man, I'm not. Um, I got to stay humble. Staying <laughs> humble, I'm not. I want to get that far ahead. As he says, we're gonna beat the piss out of Rutgers. We're gonna beat the piss out of Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say beat the piss. I, I, beat soundly. Yeah, soundly. Fair enough. All right. Um, is it, I mean, you touched on Ohio State, that game coming up in a few weeks. They had some trouble with Nebraska. They uh, Coming off that loss to Purdue. Those black um, units, man, were hideous. Damn it, Frost, for not c- kicking the onside. Damn it. I, I don't understand that. What, what was it? Three minutes left. Yeah. Something like that. Somewhere around three minutes. three minutes left. Just scored to cut it to a one-score game. And instead of attempting the onside kick to get the ball back with only two timeouts, they kick away to Ohio State, who had just marched right down the field and scored. Give them the ball back, and that's all she wrote. Nebraska never saw the ball again. Um, I, I, I Many times on the show, I always say I hate chasing points. I'm all for aggressive play calling, but I don't think it's ever a good idea to force yourself to be aggressive when you don't need to. That's a time where you have to be aggressive to get the ball back. That, that's a difference. Going for two on your first score of the game in the first quarter, you don't do that. To win the game, you do that. To try to win the game, I applaud that. If you're going for fourth and one on the opponent's other side of the field and you just need to get that less than one inch in order to get to a first down or first set of downs, all for it. Go for it. Do it. But in the beginning of the game, no call for it. I just think um, there's a time and a place to be. you you got to – you get a coach, you get to call the situation that's in front of you, right? right? You just watched Ohio State pound it down your throat for a touchdown. And your offense was able to come right back, go down the field, and get a score themselves. Use that momentum. You have the offensive momentum. Your defense was reeling last drive. Go out there and try to get the ball back. Yeah, but 
Did you see their attempted to do an onside kick in the beginning of the game? Yes, but that can't. That That's can't. also against him because just boot the ball down the field. There's no need for you to try to kick and do a surprise onside kick at that point, too. Yeah, but let's call a spade a spade. So Nebraska coming into this game was two and six. It's not like the Nebraska teams of years past. You know, it's this is David versus Goliath. You got him on the ropes. You take that chance, you man. Go for you, a kill you, shot. You got to go with you. Show some plums, man. Exactly. You don't play it safe. You don't you don't expect your defense to stop them. You control your destiny. And I do I do think um not having much to play for is a huge factor there because it, you know if Nebraska is 5 and 3, 4 and 4, 6 and 2 something still alive yeah. in the Big 10, still maybe could make a push, then you play it safe. You you kick it off, you play defense, you do what you have to do. You're 2 and 6. You're not going to a bowl game. Well, no, actually, they were still technically alive. 500. Well, yeah. 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 If they, so if they it beat Ohio State on the yeah. road and then sweep the rest of the season, they'd, they'd get a bowl. I mean, you're on the road. You're in Ohio State. You're playing well. You've got the lead at one point in the game. I say go for it. You're two and six. What do you get to lose? When when he, when you, of all people, say go for it, that's how that's, that's how what I'm saying. Is. I mean, yeah, I'm all for going for it, but not when you have Charlie Brown as your kicker. But you you know your defense isn't going to be able to withhold them. Physical mistakes are going to happen. You have to you have to just take that chance. You have to put the fate in your own hands. Look at Boise State. Look at all these Cinderella upsets in college basketball. You put fate in your own hands. You don't leave it up to them to screw up when they're number ten team in the country. Speaking of going for it, yeah. our guys in West Virginia. Speaking of plums, yeah. Oh my oh, goodness, Dana Holgerson, oh. not only <laughs> once but twice. Yeah, yeah, because Texas called a timeout on the first attempt, which they succeeded, but the refs said no. They called a timeout and then went for it again. Called the perfect play. Oh man, that was an exciting game, absolutely exciting game. Now I I didn't have much hope for West Virginia after they lost to Iowa State, but right back in the driver's seat. I'm gonna go right back on the on the West Virginia train, baby. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Will Just Greer. Will Greer, out. baby. He's back. Just hopped off the bus to go take a potty break. <laughs> That's it. I'm ready to go. So, I mean, and this goes right back to what I was just saying. You kick that PAT 100 <laughs> times out of 100 if you're me. Right? You just came down. You're about to tie the game. You take your chances with that offense in overtime. You're going to score. All you need to do is get a stop on Texas. And instead, he goes out there and goes for the two-point conversion. Um and wins the game. It's it's a call I'm not going to make. It's a call I don't have the plums to make. But, but he did it, and that was a killer. Did you listen win. to the post game? No, because he's on the field with the reporter, and she was like, "What made your decision?" I was like, "When they score with two minutes and two and a half minutes left, I knew we were going for two and going for the win." That's like I knew it. The play was already designed by the time the kickoff happened. See, I'll say this: I'm against that call 100 times out of 100. But if you're going to make that call, you better be 150% all in. And he was. And that's he all in. He, you could tell, like, he walked into the building. Like, if it comes down to it, we're going for it. You yep. want the win, not for overtime. Well, that was like, um, I forget what week it was in the NFL, but um, uh, the head coach of the Titans. Vrabel. When Vrabel was going for it, I was like, 4th and 16. Oh, well, 4th and 16 converted, but then exactly. later on in the but season. But that's my point. When, if you have that mentality, you got to go for it. Right. He's it, been he, wicked aggressive and, for the most part, paid off this year. Didn't pay off in, in London, but it would have been against it. Philly. That's him. So, I mean, sometimes, man, you just you have you have that feeling in your gut. You go for it. If you lose, you lose, and then you got to deal with the consequences afterwards. Live and die but, with a sword. 
you become a legend. Right. Hogerson will go down in history for West Virginia if they go on and win out and make this, you know, a big, a big 12 championship. never die. Exactly. Not to mention his balding mullet look is epic. <laughs> <laughs> the little, the little, is, it, top, it, yeah. is epic. It's a great look. Um, so West Virginia's right on the outside of the playoff picture now. Yes. They're, they're still alive. They're looking in. Um, as of recording this episode, the college football playoff standings haven't been released yet, so we're just working with AP. Boo, college basketball. Uh, <laughs> but we've got Bama 1, Clemson 2, Notre Dame 3, Michigan 4. Yes, sir. That correct? That's correct. Georgia, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Ohio State are the first four out. Yes. You look incredulous. Well, uh, currently right now, Buffalo is up 21 nothing in the first quarter, and that's astonishing over Kent State. Maction. A little bit of Maction. Wow. That's all. They okay. were. They were three-point underdogs going into today. They came to play. Yeah. Maybe they went for two. <laughs> <laughs> um, you like West Virginia as a potential team to sneak out of those first four and get into the picture, right? Um, yeah, I mean, they need a little bit of work. But I think of the teams outside looking in, uh, Oklahoma plays West Virginia to end the season in Morgantown. Potential game day um, matchup. I I love, yeah. Of all those chances, of all the teams, I have my money on West Virginia being the ones sneaking. Okay. Uh, so it's going to be Georgia, Alabama for the SEC. Alabama is probably going to win. Um, Most likely. And if the be a good matchup, but if, yeah, if the top four wins out, I mean, obviously they're going to be in. But if one decides to fall, it. It's going to come down to the winner of Oklahoma, West Virginia, and I think Oklahoma's going to win that. Oklahoma lost to Texas. Texas beat West, West Virginia. So oh, we're not going to do Oklahoma's <laughs> going to beat West Virginia. We're yeah, gonna, that's it, how that's going to. We're work. not going to sit here and do Common Core math. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing the Pythagorean theorem to find out who's going to get into the playoffs. All right, well, let's see. Of the current four right now, there is one team, in my opinion, this week who has a very good chance to slip. And if you listen to last week's episode, you would know exactly who I'm going for. And that is? Boston College at home. <laughs> uh, I, I love what BC did last week in Blacksburg. I know West Virginia, uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Tech hasn't been the greatest of teams this year. They lost to Old Dominion. At, uh, was, that was at that was Dominion. at Old Dominion, yeah. right. So BC um, BC actually got two, two rushing touchdowns from that backup running back. Dylan, AJ Dillon didn't get the majority of the touchdowns. He didn't get all the carries. The backup came in and, and, and did a pretty serviceable job. So I, I, I know BC's coming high off their win over the U. And they, like I said, they just beat Virginia Tech last week. Game day. Game day hasn't been to BC in about 10 years. When they were number two in the country and they, they lost to FSU. Little, uh, I still, still hurts in my heart. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I think BC is going to play Clemson very tough because Clemson has just been rolling over teams lately and they did I, have that one shaky game, so, uh, but that was Syracuse and at the end Syracuse just got was, passed. All right. So Trevor Lawrence has come leaps and bounds since that From, game. Right. So it, it, and, and I even said before, if Trevor Lawrence doesn't get hurt and Connor Bryce doesn't come in, um, Syracuse is going to win that game. Right. So. I mean, they should have. They, had they, it. they definitely should have. So Clemson has grown a long way, but I think BC's coming in hot. 
I think they got the momentum. Plus, like I said, with I they being there. I wish they saved it for the red bandana game. How huge would it have been having the red bandana this week uh, against Clemson with game day there? No, that would be filthy. Well, they got history there, with the and, U. And there would be no way BC loses that game if this is the red oh, bandana no. and college game day. Nope. Mm-mm. I mean, they got the history with the U, though, like I said. So it made sense that they would use that. So I'm looking at it like this. I feel like out of those four teams we mentioned that are just outside the playoff picture, I think Georgia has the best chance simply because they control their own destiny more than the other two. If they beat Alabama, and if they went out and beat Alabama yeah. in the SEC championship, there's no way they're left out of the playoffs. Right? Oh, no, 100%. Right. Whereas Oklahoma, West Virginia, and Ohio State are going to need some help to get in. I'm kind of operating under the assumption that the four teams that are in are going to finish winning out with the exception of Georgia beating Bama in the SEC. I See, think they get the best shot. That would throw the CFD into a loop because here you have the most dominant team in college football running through everything and then losing the conference championship game. And then the team that's right outside it just beat them. Mm-hmm. So do you take out Alabama and push Georgia in? Or do you take out one of the undefeateds no, out of the playoffs? You, you can't take – so this is why, once again – <laughs> you got to swallow my pride and root for Bama because if a one-loss Bama team, out, one loss Bama team gets in over a one-loss one Michigan, Michigan team. Regardless of how dominant Michigan has been, Bama from end of start to finish has been more consistently dominant. I think that's – got to look at strength of schedule. Which it is. I, I'm, I'm not saying I agree with that take. But what helps you is your strength of schedule because you're miles ahead of the competition. Oh, I agree. And plus, I, I would say – the, um, compared to Michigan, Notre Dame, Michigan has grown leaps and bounds, man. That defense is one of the best defenses I've ever seen. So I, it's, it's going to be a tough call. You know what I would love to see, right? <laughs> How about this? <laughs> Every, oh, no, this you guys are going to like this. Okay. All the four teams in the playoffs right now win out, with the exception of Bama. Bama loses to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Clemson slides up to one. Notre Dame up to two. Michigan to three. Georgia to four, and we get Michigan, Notre Dame, round two, first round of the college football See, playoff. I would almost rather – so Clemson one, Notre Dame two, Georgia three, Michigan four. So that when we have a rematch of week one I, last week. Because I think Georgia could – I think Michigan could take Georgia, and I would love to get rematch in the national title game. That would be awesome. That would be filthy. I I would not speak to you. <laughs> no, We'd have to cancel the podcast. Weeks, weeks. I'd be calling into the podcast. The problem is, too, bowl season is so long that when that is set, you guys are going to be thinking about it for month. a month. No, no. Yep. That is going to eat it, you guys. Well, we had for two years when they announced Michigan Notre Dame, for two years, me and him were going back and forth. Yep. So... But for a month of solid hatred. When you know it's for the championship, too. It's not just, yeah, we're playing each other next year. Because then even that, too, if if you win the semifinals, it's another week out until the national title game. So, oh. Yeah. Ooh. ooh. I'm rooting for that now. The fun yeah, times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. See? Okay, John. I pull for that. Or even if, if Bama does, if Bama wins out, at this rate, it's still Bama, Michigan, and, and Clemson, Notre Dame. Yep. So it still could happen. It's going to get juicy. It's going to get juicy. Um, we were going to mention Heisman, but congratulations to Atunga Vailoa for yeah. winning the Heisman Trophy. That so was your Heisman it. moment. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
too bad I took Will Greer instead. Yeah, but did you really think Tua was going to go off like this? I don't no. think anybody did. No, 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 that and that win just all but assured it. I even said it during the game. I'm like, congratulations, Tua, you're winning the Heisman. Yep, yep. So, moving on uh, to NFL this week, guys. We actually didn't get to watch much of the games, uh, no. if anything, yeah. because all of us were on site at Gillette Stadium to see the Packers Patriots game. Uh, got there super early. Uh, Sunday night game, really late, eight thirty. It's a long, it's a long day when you get there that early. Yeah, when you get there, dude. So <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Uh, that was my first experience, uh, sort of going in depth and running with a tailgate and not, you know, walking through and chatting to people and hey, have a beer. Here you go. We had the setup with a couple cars, with a tent, two grills, tables, all the food, the whole nine. Um, that was the most fun I've had at a football game until the Pat the Packers got their shit kicked in in fourth quarter. But leading up to the game, I had a blast. That was so much fun. Food was good. The atmosphere was awesome. Pats fans were for the most part a ton of fun. Ribby a little bit, but not anything totally crazy. Um I'd love to do it again. I'd love to make that a normal thing. Yeah, I would, that was awesome. That was I, I had a blast. I mean, me and CJ did it a couple of years ago where we set up with the truck, had the whole tailgate, but we couldn't really set up um, because we only had the one car, so we couldn't take up a couple of spots and yeah. have that room. So we were fighting for a room with other people, but at that point, we just decided to just tailgate cook. But now we got to play cornhole. We had the huge tailgate. We had the radio going. Drinks aplenty. Yep. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> yes, indeed. And then everybody around us was nice too. Oh, it was a blast. Yeah. And plus, I, I thought we were lucky too because we had empty spaces on both sides of us too, so that even yeah, we even set up, we even set up everything so people could park next to us, and then just yeah. nobody did. Yep. Yep. My favorite part of the whole thing was uh, they say that the stadium lot opens at four thirty, four hours before kickoff. So we show up at one thirty. Yeah. One thirty. We get right in. And they tell us not to fire the grills up until 4 o'clock. We get in. There's already smoke coming from yeah. a ton of tailgate spots, so we light up right away. Uh, I think we were done eating by the time we were allowed to fire our grills up. No, no. <laughs> they were still an hour to go by the time we were done eating. We were done like cooking, every, and we were eating at 3.30. It was awesome. Yeah. Dude, there's just – and it, football is so different, too, at least around here, because with – uh, the garden for the Celtics and the bees. You can't tell you. And no. with the Sox being literally right in the middle, right in the middle of Boston, there's no space for everybody to kind of congregate. There's Yaki way and there's the causeway, which is a friggin' highway. Yeah. So it's not like people are hanging out outside the garden. Imagine and- tailgating on Lansdowne. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of cool. That would be just to have to dodge, file, you know, home run balls. That would be kind of cool. But it's just, it's, um, you know, I've gone to a ton of Sox games, ton of games at the Garden. I've only been to Gillette one other time, and I didn't tailgate that time. Uh, it's just it it gets you so excited to go and watch a football game. Just that atmosphere. See, that's what that's what we're missing here. Uh, like the Pats, the only one. It, you can't do that, BC. BC, you're gonna take a train to, and yeah. there's nothing but commercial and dorms, and there's nowhere's for you to even tailgate. There is a parking lot at BC, but it's small. It's wicked small. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, – I mean, the experience is just so much fun. And anybody who's been to a game and has been tailgating knows exactly what we're talking about. But it's – I mean, 
you're walking through the parking lot and you're smelling what everybody's cooking and everybody's got games going and the people who've got the TV set up in their trucks with uh, with Red Zone or with the early games on. People do it all out. And it's uh, I just I wish we could go back to that Sunday right up until kickoff before it got miserable. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was awesome. I, I want to do it again so bad. I, I wish the Packers came here more often so that I would have a reason to go to Gillette yeah. and 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 tailgate more. Um, it's uh it's my favorite pastime. It's so much fun, and it makes me think of a couple of years ago when we had the tailgate party in your backyard and how we should do that again. And I won't ruin your dad's school-issued <laughs> laptop by pouring an entire beer on it. Uh, total accident. Total party foul, though. Um, but it's it's fun, man. I mean, we had steak. We had burgers. We had brats. We had sausage peppers. All the toppings. All the fixings. Um, and then the game came, and everything just went south on me. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. They but, when they open up at nine and a half point favorites, yes. yeah, Vegas knew it was. But there was always there was always that feeling that this could be where, with the Patriots not looking as good as they should, and still not really looking as good as they should, and Packers kind of rolling in. They had that steam going. They had that feeling like they they were finally starting to bug to click and go and run run house for the rest of the year. But it just – they kept it close for the first half, and then the wheels fell off. See, I'm so conditioned as of late to just expect something stupid to happen. Always. It, uh, this year, it, it's self-inflicted wound after self-inflicted wound, and it's somebody different every time. It's a different situation. It's a different phase of the game every time. But something always happens. That fumble killed you. They had just gotten a stop. They were already driving scored, right? down. They scored in the third. Yeah. So they were driving uh, in the third quarter. They flip ends of the field at, at the end. And the very first play, they run a, a, a running play to Jones where he gains seven or eight yards. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Guy comes in, makes a great play on the ball, and punches it out. It wasn't like um, like Jones was being careless with the ball or anything. Right. He had it tucked high and tight. It was just a great play by the defender. But it's just one of those things that they finally start to get some semblance of momentum going, and something crazy just totally derails them. Because that would have completely knocked the wind out of Gillette, and then you guys would have been up, feeling pretty, all the momentum on your side. And then the Pats would have to play from behind, in which I don't think they can. I mean, really? It, you their offense has looked awful. Yeah, when Corderell Patterson is your lead rusher, yeah. That's a huge problem. Yeah. Although, hey, ironically, the team that started that cut their running back. So go figure. But, um, I, I mean, it's Brady versus Rodgers. If it came down to it, I, I mean, it could, it, it could have gone either way. Yeah, but if even if the Packers score right there, they now the Pats went up by a touchdown to being down by a touchdown very quickly, and then now they have to try to – play catch up, and then win the game, and I don't think it would have happened. I think the Packers would have matched what they were doing because they had all the momentum. So the the Packers' defense, I thought, played well enough, at least through the first three quarters, to give them a chance to win that game. The offense didn't pull their weight. And, and between forcing a, a turnover on downs off of a first and goal at the one-yard line, I'm not sure I've ever seen the Pats fail to convert first and goal from the one-yard line. And I don't think I've ever seen the Packers stop anybody first and goal at the one-yard line. So 
That stop was incredible. Right after they score a touchdown, they force the Pats into fourth and 21 and rough the damn punter and give them the ball back. Granted, the Patriots didn't score on that drive, but they affected field position by 30 yards. Yeah. Instead of having the, I believe Williams had a decent return and got it out past the 30. I could be wrong on that. But the subsequent punt pinned them inside the seven or eight yard line. And that changed everything there. Rodgers missed throws. Uh, MVS had a couple great catches, but he had one bad drop that that should have moved the chains and pushed them further down the field. I just I don't know. I, something is so wrong with this team. And I'm a McCarthy guy. I've defended McCarthy for years. I think he's an awesome coach. I think if the Packers fired him, he would have a job tomorrow. But I, it's just one of those things where it just might be time to move on, even though. It, it's not what I want, and I'm not sure if that's what the team wants. I, there's no way they're going to fire midseason. They no, won't. They won't midseason. No, they no. won't midseason. But, but maybe um, it is time for a change. But, I mean, it's when you, like you said, you're conditioning yourself to something going wrong every time. And at some point, you've got to look to see where the common denominator is. And I don't know what, I don't know how you can blame constant fumbles or misreads or whatnot on a coach, but something's going to go in the game day prep or practice that week that's you're going to have to try to change that and put more emphasis on ball security and whatnot. But who do you blame that on? I mean, you you can move players in and out like that, no problem. But, but, at, the end of the, but at the end of the day, man, it's going to fall on the coaches. The best coaches will tell you, you don't yell at the players, you yell at the coaches. You take it out on the coaches. The coaches get the brunt of it. So at the end of the day, the coaches are going to be the fall guys, no matter what the situation is. I mean, and McCarthy has been the head coach for how long? It's been since two thousand six. So that puts what? He's the third years. third longest tenured coach behind Belichick and uh, Marvin Lewis, uh, and maybe Tomlin, but that I'm not sure. Uh, so so top three or four. Yeah, because I think he was, was, he was hired the same year Sean Payton was hired in New Orleans. So they've had their jobs for the same. Okay, so then there you go. So top three, four, or five. But regardless, maybe it is time for a change. It, 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 no one wants to ever admit that. But if, if they're stuck in a rut and they, they can't get out of it, they're not going to get rid of Rodgers, right? They just paid him a trillion dollars. So, it's, so exactly. So either the quarterback goes or the head coach. And it, not for nothing, but McCarthy's on his lame duck year. They didn't extend him this year. Exactly. So, so this is the writing is on is. the wall unless they make the Super Bowl in all likelihood. Right. So, it, I mean, it's it sucks, but it's the way it is. And which, if he goes this year, I guarantee you he goes to Cleveland. It would make all the sense in the world. This guy brought Favre back. His his career was sinking fast before McCarthy came in and saved him. He turned Favre around that sort of back quarter of his year with Green Bay anyways before all the nonsense. He developed Rodgers into what he is today. Dude, if you give Mike McCarthy Baker Mayfield and see what he can do with that, I, I think that would be an awesome match. No, yeah, no, no, I'd be curious to see that one. I just, I can't, and every, you know, there's the phrase that's not X's and O's, it's it's Jimmy's and Joe's. It, it's players, not plays. You can have the best plays in the world, but those X's and O's on paper don't move. The players have to go and execute those. Right. Yes. So there is definitely a balance here between something is not right at the top and the players just are not executing like they should. Rodgers didn't look right to me. And I've thought it's about gotta this. It's got to be that knee. I, 
I'm he came out without a brace for the Pats game, so he wasn't wearing a brace for that. So he he must be improving on that note. There's a little little dark corner in my mind that's wondering if it's the collarbone and if that altered the trajectory of his career, breaking that right collarbone last year. Because he's not as accurate as he was. Something about him doesn't look as confident when he breaks the pocket. He's not he's not running as confidently, and that could be the knee. It certainly could. Yeah. He hasn't been healthy this year. But he's I mean, he's getting run down by guys when he usually gets to that corner and, and, and breaks it up. I, just, I don't want to speak that into existence, but part of me wonders if there's something going on there. Well, when was the last time Rodgers had a complete, full, healthy season? 20, I mean, define full 2014? healthy. No, he, he, 2014? No, 2014, right? he tore his calf, and he can barely walk by the end of it. So, I mean, it's just, he's 34, going on 35 in December, and he's got broken foot, torn ACL in college, torn calf, two broken collarbones. I mean, I'm starting to wonder if if all that stuff is adding up in his mid-30s. Maybe it's Danica Patrick. All right, don't even <laughs> get me started with this. <laughs> Olivia Munn is the devil. That's right. <laughs> I had to go there. I had to go there. And despite the fact that he was dating Olivia Munn when he won MVP and they made the NFC Championship game. But nobody wants to mention no, that. They're no. just looking for a scapegoat. Absolutely. But I, I don't know, man. I'm hanging for a trip. And this is, this is the thing is, could they turn this thing around and win seven of their last eight and make a playoff push? 100% they could. Do I think they will? No. But I think they certainly could. This was. This was the most difficult portion of the season, right? Back-to-back road games against the Rams and the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. They got the Dolphins at home. They got a Thursday night game on a short week in Seattle. And then they've got a road game at Minnesota. Seattle, they've gotten the best of in the last couple of years, but it's been at home. Road game in Minnesota is always tough. They haven't won in, uh, in I'm sorry, in Minnesota's new building yet, um, including where Rodgers broke his collarbone. But they need to turn the shit around. Now, Devontae Adams said it best after the game. He said, all it takes is one game to turn this thing around, but we're running out of games to have that one game to turn it around. So we'll see. I don't know. I have, I have all the faith in the world that they can do it. I'm just, I'm not sure if they will. Well, in fairness, would you rather them start three, four, and one to start a season or end three, four, you want to start. Exactly. You want to start. And, and I will say this, um, 2016, their run-the-table year, they started 4-6, and six, and they won 10 straight games to make it to the NFC Championship. That 4-6 and six stretch was miserable, but that run-the-table stretch was the most fun I've ever had watching football, where every single game was a playoff game, and they beat some good teams towards the end of that season to keep their streak alive. They beat a Washington team in the playoffs when they got down 11-0 right off the start. They beat Dallas in Dallas on that last second kick by Mason Crosby, 250 yarders in the last minute and a half by Crosby. It, I had that season was so fun. I, and I, I think they could do it again. And it sounds ridiculous that I'm saying that with how bad they they've looked. Anything's possible. Man. Um, anything is possible. Anything's possible, <laughs> but that's what I'm rooting for. Just beat the dolphins. Just beat the dolphins. Just get a win and see what happens next. Rocktober's over. Remember that. <laughs> Um, so Miami's screwed. But, going back to Tannehill. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So we mentioned that McCarthy's on the hot seat. Are there any other coaches that are on the hot seat and and or should be on the hot seat? 
I'm interested to see what happens with Tampa Bay going back to Fitzpatrick because I think Cutter's seat has got to be completely engulfed in flames right now. He's trying to pour water on his seat while he's sitting on it. I Well, I agree with you on that one, but I would actually – one person who I think might be hotter than him, Doug Marone. Really? Doug Marone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Coughlin yeah. – um, Might be fed up with him. I mean, how do you go from an AFC championship game to – what what are they three and five? And they started off three and zero. Oh. They lost five in a row. That's they, that's that's brutal, man. They're this, currently third, and the Titans. And oh, sorry, Houston, they lost four in a row. My apologies, but still, Titans and Houston don't look like they're going to give up that one and two. Spot. Houston's won six in a row. I know, and it doesn't look like either Houston or Ty- or the Titans are going to ease up at all. And so Jacksonville's probably going to stay in the third spot. You know, if, if I'm Doug Marone, I'm so frustrated, man, because you made it to the AFC Championship with Blake freaking Bortles. And they had the chance this offseason to make an upgrade at that position. And now, that's, it's a tough call to make because Bortles was your first-round pick. You exercised that option on him. But you gotta you got to be realistic with what you had. And I, I, I'm not to derail us and go back to the Packers, but it, we say it all the time. McCarthy's got to coach the team he has, not the team he wants, right? If he has guys who struggle to get open, you got to find ways to get them open. If Rodgers is not in a rhythm right now and he doesn't look good, call plays to get him into a rhythm. Short passes. Get the running game going. Absolutely. If you're the Jaguars and you are on the cusp of the Super Bowl and you have probably a bottom three quarterback in the NFL – Make an upgrade there. That's generous. You're, I, well, I'm thinking, oh, I guess Nick Mullins is better than him in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. He's undefeated. Um, Quarterback wins don't count. QB wins, baby. <laughs> um, speaking of which, uh, congratulations to Tom Brady for forcing Aaron Jones to fumble. Awesome QB win for Tom Brady there. Um, make it, make an upgrade at quarterback if you're the Jaguars. Yes. It, it was right there. You could have had Bridgewater. You could have had uh, – I don't remember when Ryan Pitts – Patrick signed with Tampa Bay if he was last year or this year or last whatever. Year, last year. Throw, throw money at uh, Kirk Cousins. Throw money at Kirk Cousins. There are guys to be had there. You can make a move to upgrade that position. Draft somebody. I don't know. Move on for Bortles. You've got – they had a generational talent defense, and they're going to let that thing waste they away gonna, because of Blake Bortles. They're going to let it just slip away. With and the coach is going to lose his job because of that. Oh, that's right. They got Cody Kessler as the backup. They're good. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? I'm I'm more surprised. I'm surprised Coughlin. I, I know this is a dream scenario as a as a Giants fan, but Coughlin, no, he's not going to come down. Coughlin and Eli <laughs> teaming up together, reunited, reunited, and it feels so good. James uh, has a look of. I want nothing more than to Eli Manning to please retire. Please. Well, but he is my least favorite person in the league. You pair him up with the other probably least favorite person in the league too, and there is havoc waiting to be brewed. The two of them just click together, man. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't care for Coughlin. Coughlin's a great coach. I'll give him credit. Eli Manning had a good quarterback. Cough, uh, Coughlin got the best out of Eli, though. He did. I think the Eli Manning Hall of Fame discussion when that time comes is going to be fascinating. Yes, it is. hundred percent. <laughs> You asked my father, Eli, oh, first ballot all in favor, of course. I honestly, I don't even know what my opinion would be on, on that. I, I don't know which way I would lead. Like, uh, my hatred says no, but my hatred has done wonderful things for me. I mean, he, he's terrible. He's, he's never had one season with his quarterback rating over 100. And we're in the passing era of the NFL. 
yet he's guided two Super Bowl winning teams where they absolutely well, ripped through the playoffs. He might be one of the best playoff quarterbacks of all time. He doesn't, he isn't the best quarterback all all the time, all year long. He's the one that you can depend on until you cross that threshold in the 18th week. And then for some reason, when you need the best out of him, you're going to get the best. But when it's just a regular game, you're not going to get the best. And who got the best out of him? Coughlin. <laughs> that leads me to my point. So, Bortles is the fifth-year option, right? This is the year? I believe so. And there is zero chance in hell they're going to re-sign him. You would hope, right? At what it costs to pay a quarterback in this league? No. No. You can't. So, You're going to be giving Bortles $20 million a year. So, But do you think Eli sticks around? Or does he realize that he does not have nothing? Like, he has nothing in his tank. The only he can't throw the damn ball. So, you ask Giants fans. He's got his brother syndrome, except you, not being hurt. You ask Giants fans, they'll choose Eli over everybody else on that team, but Eli is the pitfall of the, of the New York Giants. He's the problem. He's the, he's the problem. He doesn't fit Shermer's offense. So, I, I know we keep saying this, but let's say potential first, first overall pick, Justin Herbert. He gets drafted by the Giants. He's an athletic quarterback, big arm. He would fit a Shermer offense. Eli, I mean, Eli, you're going to know what you're going to get from, from him. But Eli, it, the Giants can't keep Eli. I know the, the fans want him. That's the problem. The fans are siding with Eli. But I, I would love to see him pair up with Coughlin again, just, just for that dynamic, for the what-if factor. If they could reconnect lightning in a bottle a third time and just go, go on one last run into, off into the sunset. It's not happening. I just throw it. This is hypothetical, man. I'm speaking out of my ass, like pulling it, like well, going I know really that, deep but... in there. So <laughs> that was a nice graphic too. Yeah, <laughs> I um, motion. He put the glow on and <laughs> snap. Oh god! They say uh, the worst time you could have getting your uh, prostate exams is if the doctor puts both hands on your shoulders and asks how you're doing. When you realize you're at a dentist office. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyways, I said this a couple weeks ago. I think Ben McAdoo was right, and he got fired for it. And Ben McAdoo made the right call with Eli. He did, but all right, he, in hindsight, he most likely did. But his approach was terrible, and you could tell McAdoo was just completely checked out. And but like I said, Giants fans. Worship the ground Eli Manning walks on. Mm-hmm. He is a god. He is a god in New York. And his numbers don't prove it, but like you just said, he's a great playoff quarterback. When Eli has to play, he plays. He shows up. You have two Cinderella runs at Super Bowls, and, and you're, you'll are you never have to buy a beer in that town again. You know? Two of the greatest catches. Well, well, the Manningham catch wasn't exactly wasn't fantastic, but. The Manningham catch was an outrageous throw. Oh, the, it was the David Tyree catch. That was ridiculously You've got to give Eli credit because Adelius Thomas has Eli Manning wrapped up, and Eli somehow managed to break out of that and then heave it up. And yep. old man Ronnie Harrison just played it wrong. But yeah, that Manningham throw, unreal. You know, it's. I was thinking this, I think this actually frequently, but it's funny how many times in football. When you're watching a game, and we watch dozens of games a week for 20 weeks out of the year, 
And it's funny how often you see something that you had never seen before in this game and, and mm-hmm. something that you probably won't see again. And the Tyree catch is one of those where you got the round ball mm-hmm. pressed against a round helmet and uh, he somehow and it made it stick. doesn't move and it doesn't make any sense. But weird stuff happens in football all the time. Every time the Pats go to the Super Bowl, you got the um, the Seahawks game. Who made that catch? Was it Baldwin? Yes. When he kicked that up and yeah. yeah. kicked that up in yeah. the end, it just got, fell onto his chest. You got the Edelman catch. I, I mean, but I mean, the two years that the Seahawks went to the Super Bowl, they had those plays every single game, though. All the time, they got those passes that fell right into the lap when the guy was laying on the ground. They got those calls. They it was. A weird shift in the universe that just fell Seattle's way. Outside kicks, <laughs> but I digress. The fail Mary, stop. <laughs> hey, that's the blame not on the refs. That's still fell Seattle's way. Yeah, did I know? And my man Aaron Rodgers got the replacement <laughs> refs fired after that week. That's right. You're welcome, NFL. Fun fact. Uh, one of the Packers players after that game, I forget who, tweeted out Goodell's number, and I actually left Goodell a voicemail and said how bullshit this thing was. Oh, I don't remember. I don't yeah. remember hearing that. Someone actually did. Yeah, I, I forget who it was, but he was like, "If you have a complaint, call this number right here." And it was good for Goodell's office, and I oh, actually called it. I left him a voicemail. I want to find out who that was. I'm gonna have to look that up. I think KJ KJ Lang maybe. I think it was a lineman. That's something Lang would do. That's something. <laughs> yeah, that's um, absolutely something Lang would do. All right, but anyways, moving on. The situation in Dallas has to be addressed, right? Something. It, it's well, it's got to start with ownership, and there's no one to push out the ownership. Yeah, that's not going to happen ownership. until Jerry kicks the bucket, which could be any minute now with how he looks. Um, Jason Garrett is a doofus. That guy awful. stinks. He didn't know. Did you see how many people went out as ha- uh, for Halloween as Jason Garrett, and all yeah. they did was wear a cowboy shirt and clap and smile, <laughs> <laughs> which is an unbelievably funny costume idea. Um, funny how uh, old Dacky Boy doesn't look so good when they don't have an all-world offensive lineman to hide behind anymore. Yep, and he doesn't have studs on the outside to throw prayers up to. Poor Tony. Tony, Tony's got his nice cushy job in the booth now. I know. Now he's crushing that. He was killing the quarterback game. Now he's killing the uh, Tony Romo's. Game. Tony Romo's better as a broadcaster than Dak is as a quarterback. That's not even a hot take. That's Why? a no, warm that is... left outside overnight take. <laughs> um, I think didn't I just hear too that Jerry Jones said that uh, Dak was a cowboy for life? Did he? Yep. I think he said he was going to extend him. I hope him. he is. Yeah, I hope he does. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he, he said that right after the game too. too. He said that right after the game. Oh, he ruin that yeah. team. He was going to extend him. They're going to side with Dak and Zeke over Demarcus Lawrence, aren't they? Which is just going to make Pretty me much. laugh so much. Yep. Come to the Pats, Demarcus Lawrence. I'll take you in a heartbeat. <laughs> Come to the Packers. We're going to cut everybody out from this year. We'll have a ton of money to give you. Aaron and Demarcus Lawrence. What a pairing. Aaron throwing incomplete passes and getting sacked at Demarcus Lawrence, probably getting hurt and not playing for the Packers. Um. So, yeah, again, we didn't really have much – to watch last week since we were out. Um, what do you say we end this sucker with some mortal locks and then we move on with our lives? I'm down with it. I am 100% down with that. So. How did we do last week, boys? Friggin' nailed mine, man. West Virginia. Wow, country roads. <laughs> I, I don't even know how I hit that. I'm going to be completely honest with you because even if – Because of the plums. It was your mortal lock. Even, but the, but the, with, even with the plums, if West Virginia still doesn't get that two-point you conversion, still I still win. You got it. Nailed it. So I 
am going to continue my trend. I am 1-0-1. Oh, I've been all college through and through. I'm going to go – game I've been talking about for a few weeks now. I'm going to take BC at home, plus 20 against Clemson. Only one unit, but still, I think BC will definitely play it close. I don't see them winning outright, but I definitely think it's going to be a good matchup. Love it. How about you? I'm going to stay with the college. And oh, I, I, uh, I mean, I got a few games I was looking at, but one really stands out to me because, I mean, he went with Boston College plus 20. I'm going to have to go with the Navy midshipmen plus 25 and a half against UCF. I think this is where UCF finally loses the game in the next few years. If they wear those disgusting space uniforms again, Navy's going to kick their faces in. Hey, in their defense, those are out of this world. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) But with the the wing tee option, I don't think UCF will have an answer for it. I think Navy does enough to stay in this game. They probably will lose, but they're not going to lose by 25 and a half. Not going to lose by four touchdowns? I'm going to say two units. On you game. need to make up some units from your yeah, you have a long uh, way to go. Also, I apologize to anybody who took my advice and go to LSU. I'm betting not many people. Not four <laughs> units. <laughs> not, yeah, uh, obviously nobody's going to do four units. I did. I didn't. I did but, take West. I did take LSU as well. Plus yeah, 14, see, so. it's the confidence that kills people. And so yeah, I apologize. To anybody. Yeah, I nailed my motor lock, though, brother. That's any. Well, I'm this I'm is one and one now, so I don't right. feel as bad. I apologize. All right, I'll round this out. I am one and one as well. Uh, hit on Houston plus one, the easiest bet of the week. I don't know how Denver could have been favored. Also had two game. units on Houston as well. Thank you, John. You're welcome. I went one unit. I went a little conservative, even though I loved it. Uh, this week, I am riding the Nick Mullins train. They're at home again. I love what Kyle Shanahan's doing with that young quarterback, getting him confident. I think the Giants are a train wreck. Uh, San Francisco is giving three points. I'm taking San Fran minus three as my mortal lock. Love it. I love it. I love it. Tell us about our social channels and we'll get out of here. So, yeah, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, email. We're at BTW underscore the hashes. Obviously, our email is at email. (laughs) Well, don't follow us on email, but hit us up on email. It's between the hashes podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Uh, Let us know what you think. Podcast, give us any questions you want us to answer on on air. We'll do it. any even takes that you want to spit out and just have conversations with us. We're always open with it. Please just let us know. Talking points. If only you have the plums to do it. Nobody's got the plums. Nobody has the plums. All right. uh, Well, we're going to get out of here. This was between the hashes. Uh, We'll be coming at you again next week. Enjoy yourselves, folks. Go Irish. Go blue. Go pack. Go.